and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Kuma, your host, joined as always by my co-hosts Joe Chung and Mark Osterman, and we have a really, really fun show for you today. We're going to start by talking about Chase's announcement of the Sapphire Reserve and Sapphire Preferred temporary benefits for the summer. They've added uh, bonus categories, earning up to 10x points, so stick around for that. We're also going to talk about the things that we wish that we knew when we were getting started in the miles and points hobby. Where do we make mistakes? Where could we have done better? And then we're going to talk about where we would go if COVID wasn't in the world. Where would we go today? Maybe not necessarily where we had planned to go that we canceled, but given where we are, you know, where do we want to be right now? We'll talk about that and rapid fires and more. But before we get into the show, please consider subscribing. mtmpodcast.com is where you can go to stream shows, subscribe, tell a friend about that, mtmpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So uh, how has your week been, Joe? I hear you're out there in the rain, in case people hear little dots on your microphone, little speckles of rain hitting your umbrella. Why are you recording outside? Enjoying your uh, trip? Yes, enjoying my trip a lot. Uh, I thought you said it uh, sounded like a old old school uh, record player. It you did. Know, just, Are you legit? legit? You're legit under an umbrella. Yeah, I'm legit under an umbrella. I took a picture. I'll post it later. But uh, I had to set up outside. We are we rented a house in the Poconos. My family, my parents, and my sister's family. And so there's a bunch of there's five like screaming kids in the house right now. There's a really nice outdoor area with a pool and like you know I'm at a. Nice patio table with an umbrella sitting next to the grill, so it was just going to be quieter here. And then, of course, it started raining five minutes after I set up. But you know, what are you going to do? It looks like the rain's going to come through soon. So, uh, but yeah, enjoying it's it's nice to travel. I know, Sean, you said that it was weird, and I agree that it is weird to not be at my house and to be in a different environment. But we were at my parents' house for a few days, and now we're here, and uh, it's just been great. It's just nice to be on the road. Yeah. So you guys making like a egg casserole or something? Because you post on Twitter a picture of. The cars filled up from Costco, and you had like forty seven hundred eggs. I mean, it's six adults and five kids, and we all eat a lot of eggs. So we're going to be here for a full week. So we need, I think that is uh, seventy two eggs, and I'm pretty sure they're all going to be gone by the time we're done. Isn't that what Costco's for to buy seventy two eggs? I mean, why why else would you go to Costco? Yeah, exactly. He's going to take a lot of uh, Rocky shakes where he just puts the egg and sucks it down and then goes on a run and pumps his fists and stuff. I'm not I'm not I'm not hardcore enough to do that. But if, if we get desperate at the end and we still have eggs left over, we're going to do that. I hope you brought I hope you brought your Astro Glide or whatever it is for running. Potty <laughs> Glide. Do it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's I mean, maybe it will be hot here, but it's like very cool and temperate and. You know, there's a nice drizzle. Like, the temperature is really nice right now. It wasn't as hot and humid as it was in New Jersey. So, we'll see. How you doing, Mark? Good. I uh, went golfing this weekend, so that was good. Saturday went out. Shot it okay for second time out. So, it was, But it was good to be out there. And, and they actually could serve beer this time on the golf course. So, that was a nice plus. Other than that, yeah, just uh, pretty much the normal. The new normal, I guess you could say. So, Joe, explain to me what, what I'm seeing on Twitter here with this food that Disney is serving up, or I guess the Swan and Dolphin are serving up to MLS players and charging them like hundreds of dollars for. <laughs> yeah, so I just posted a picture of a Major League Soccer. So Omar Gonzalez, who is infamous in U.S. soccer lore as being part of that team that failed to qualify for the World Cup. But anyway, he is in Major League Soccer, and Major League Soccer is currently at Disney World in a bubble, but they're not staying on Disney property. They're staying at the Swan and Dolphin, the uh, old Starwood, now Marriott properties. And he posted a picture of this dinky sandwich, a banana, and I, I think that's some sauce or something. Uh, and then he posted the menu for 
how much the food costs. And apparently that sandwich costs $65. So I think uh, Marriott is trying to make up for all the losses from COVID with the MLS. So I cannot wait to see what Disney starts charging the NBA players if the, if the Swan and Dolphin prices are this high. But it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's the tiniest sandwich, too. It's like, you know, if you're going to insult somebody by charging them $65, at least give them more than two ounces of meat. But uh... Fire Festival 2.0. It is. It is fire festival. Well, the description, the description of the sandwich is like, I mean, it's like a paragraph description of a sandwich and then it's just a slice of bread with some meat inside of it. That's the funniest thing is the menu is gigantic. It's this piece of, and there's a couple of options on there, but yeah, the description is, is long. And then you get this tiny little sandwich inside of, I think, potato salad or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what uh, these athletes get when they want to go stay at Disney world. This gotta be other, I mean, these athletes need to eat more than just that. Like that would barely sustain us and we're not preparing for a 30 day long tournament. So I wonder if the staff, like the supporting staff gets the same kind of food and same kind of treatment as the players do, or if it, if they have like even worse menu for like the supporting staff and stuff like what? that. I've never stated either one of those. What's the what's the menu normally like? Is it normally super expensive or are they just like price gouging soccer players right now? I mean, which of all the major service... sports, they make the least amount of money. <laughs> Like even uh, even normal room service for a sandwich, a bag of chips, which they specified as Mrs. Vicky's chips. Well, it depends which kind of sandwich you get. You can't mix and match the types of chips that you get. <laughs> no substitution. No substitutions for sixty five dollars sandwich. And then you get a bottle of still or sparkling water. So I think all that you know from normal room service would probably cost thirty to thirty five dollars. So it looks like they're doubling up. I assume that the players are not paying for it. Either they get a per diem or MLS is paying for it. But it's just hilarious. Maybe it's like uh, health insurance where they charge it, and then uh, MLS comes back and fights them over the price afterwards. <laughs> and they meet in the middle. I don't know. That's, That's insane, a good call. Though. That's a good call. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like when you go to Kmart and they're like, hey, jewelry is 80% off. No, it's just you marked it up 80% so you can sell this junk. Have you guys ever heard of the club sandwich index? Negative. No, what is that? I don't know if they're still doing it, but I think it was Hotels.com that used to do it in the day. And they would actually track the price of a club sandwich at hotels all around the world to try to kind of normalize how expensive a certain city was. So they called it the club sandwich index. So they would say, okay, what does a club sandwich cost at a Marriott in Bangalore, India, compared to New York City, compared to Mexico City, just like that. And I think that a $65 sandwich would probably top out the club sandwich index. Because I think, I agree with you, even at the nicest hotels, they're about $30, $35 worth. Hey, it's times are tough right now at Disney. They're going to get money any way they can, even though well, I know this th- isn't owned by Disney. But Yeah, that's Marriott. Did he hashtag Bon Void? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's you the ultimate bond void. Yes, <laughs> you should have. Uh, but I saw a funny reply to the original tweet, and so for dinner, which is only seventy five dollars, so compared to lunch, it's a steal. If lunch is sixty five, dinner is seventy five dollars. The description was some kind of like it was a fancy description, but obviously it was describing fried chicken. And so someone wrote back and was like, "Please buy some fried chicken from Publix and take a side by side for comparison tonight." Yes, and if they don't want to leave Uber Eats, Tijuana Flats. There you go. That's some good food there, too, that you can get delivered right to the Swan and Dolphin for a lot less than 65 or $75. Let's get into the show, guys. We have some interesting news this week. Uh, Mark, you want to you wanna start us off? Chase announced some more temporary benefits, I guess, for the uh, Sapphire cards, getting rid of the grocery benefit that they had announced that expired. Sad tear, tear emoji for death of grocery. I think everybody was hoping that would get extended. 
but they're doing for July through September 30th. Uh, you can get five times ultimate rewards with Instacart up to $3,000 in spending, five times on gas stations up to $1,500, and 10 times on streaming services up to $1,500. And there's a list of services that qualify, you know, big ones around there, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, Apple Music, stuff like that. So most of the bigger stuff. It's kind of sad that's not per month like it was with groceries. So that's for the whole three months. But it's nice to get something. Oh, you also get a $50 statement credits towards Instacart Express. It's $9.99 a month or $99 for the year. So you could either get like three months free to try it out or you could pay for the whole year and get it basically half off. So I don't, do you have Instacart Express, Sean? I know you've been using Instacart, but. I do. And I was actually considering closing it because I had just signed up for when I was using it. And then we've been going out to the grocery store more. So I haven't been. Works pretty good. And Instacart Express takes off almost all of the fees that they charge. And uh, then you're just basically paying an upcharge on the food itself. So that's the one thing about Instacart is if you order, let's say from Costco, the price that Instacart charges you is going to be higher than what would be the price if you went into Costco for the same item. So they're giving you a per item kind of upcharge and then a delivery fee and stuff. So at least this eliminates the, the delivery fee. And I find that upcharges are usually 10 to 15%. So you definitely are paying more through Instacart. But you know this is a valuable benefit if people don't want to go out. And I've certainly always had uh, good experiences with them. Generally, they very quick to deliver. They are really good to communicate if there's something not in stock. So I haven't had any bad experiences with Instacart at all. 10 to 15%, and then you got to add in the tip. So, I mean, anytime somebody's willing to go through the hassle of going to a store for you and shopping for you and getting all of these wonderful, delightful things for you, I definitely think a tip is in order. And uh, so, yes, tip accordingly, tip well. So yeah, there's definitely, it's not free. It's not a, it's a premium service. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I think I'll still do like, if I'm going to do that, I'll just do like Walmart grocery pickup or I know like Kroger or Meyer has them too, stuff like that. I mean, you're not paying an upcharge. It's no cost. You don't tip. So I don't really see the benefit in Instacart, to be honest, unless it's just the more variety of stores, but I'll just stick that route. But avoiding Walmart, even if it's uh, the pickup <laughs> parking spot, that's the uh, the benefit of it. They've actually been really good. I used it a whole bunch when I've, I've been going out now, but back then I used a whole bunch and, and they were pretty good. I can't complain about that. So, And they always have the discount codes and all that stuff. The one thing I do like is that they have a bunch of stores in our area, stores that I'm not going to normally go into. And because I am limiting myself still, I don't want to go into 10 different grocery stores. So there have been times where I might need you know, $30 worth of something and I can still order that and, you know, leave a, a decent tip, but at least I can get an item that's at only at Sprouts or only at a specific store. So I think we have like 10 store. We have Sam's Club, Costco, all of our major grocery stores, Sprouts, you know, even like Natural Grocers, which is a smaller store. So we have a lot of options here. Will they go to like multiple stores on one trip or is it no. like one? St- okay. So one store. But you're not paying. I mean, you're paying, you're going to tip the different couriers, but you're not yeah. paying uh, like I said, the service fee is almost always eliminated. Like every time I order, my service fee is a dollar or two, and so I'm so you're just basically paying the upcharge on the on the items themselves, and then to tip the courier. But it can definitely make sense if you need it, and it's nice to to have this, and it's a unique benefit nobody else has had with Instacart. And then you know, moving on to the streaming, are you guys going to switch over your cards, you know, all your streaming services to the to the Sapphire no. uh, Reserve or no for the 10x? I no, I don't think it's. It's not really worth the effort to me. I mean, I get five times with the Ink uh, Plus, so I'm already getting, you know, double is great. But for the 30 bucks I spend a month on streaming, 35 40 something like that, it's just not worth the hassle of switching and then remember to switching back. So I also am, like, 
how are you going to get to fifteen hundred dollars worth of streaming <laughs> yes. in six months? That's <laughs> you pay like, for everybody you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, I uh, just may- like I. I just saw someone today say that YouTube TV is about sixty five dollars a month, and then all the services that she has adds up to about sixty four, and she has most of the main ones. And so that's not even close to fifteen hundred dollars, even if you were to get both of those. Even though YouTube TV covers like multiple of them, so I don't know. That's just I, I think it's time to. Uh, Ask your neighbors if they want to uh, go have these on, you know, you paying for the streaming service or something. Otherwise, you're never going to hit that 1500 Who knows? Maybe Spotify will start selling Visa gift cards, and then we can all have a, a nice little bonus there. No? <laughs> I'm sure there's ways to get a, something that codes on Amazon or something. I don't know. People, if they've tried it out there and want to share or whatever. But I know there's random stuff that will code as streaming sometimes. But maybe you can figure that out. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it, and I know that we'll write about it on the site if we find any good uses for this. And uh, people can check out all of the changes and everything in the article on the site as well to see everything that's included and the changes for both Sapphire Reserve and uh, Sapphire Preferred uh, as well. Yeah, let's move on. Let's let's talk about being a beginner in this hobby because it's, I don't know, it's been quite a few years for all of us since we started kind of collecting miles and points, and we have an article a new beginner series we're starting on the site. So we have an article for the beginners, like where to start in the miles and points game. And Mark came up with a good idea saying that we should talk about things that we wish that we knew when we were getting started. And that's a great thing because as we know with anything in life, you're going to make mistakes when you're starting out something new. I say, what were the biggest challenges? I'll ask you guys this and then you guys can, we can kind of expand on it. What were the biggest challenges for you right at the very beginning? I think just like figuring stuff out in the beginning because... Back then, you didn't have like Facebook groups and stuff like that. You know, you had uh, uh, in the, there was less blogs and and less content, so it was kind of hard to get just the info that you needed. Like you had to search through F- Flyer Talk or you know that type of thing, like Reddit and stuff. And it, it was tough to kind of dig through all that. Where now, if you're in Facebook groups, you can just ask a question, and you'll usually get three or four different responses of how to help you with it. So I think that's a big thing. The other thing would be, you know, I didn't really understand partnerships early on. And how to to maximize value using that with transferable currencies and stuff. So I think that's a big one that people miss out on. You know, booking a Delta flight with different currencies that that you'll get it cheaper. So I think a lot of people just go straight for the easy stuff, like using the portals or booking Southwest or just booking directly with Delta early on, and and not really trying to figure stuff out. So I would say those are the areas that I struggled with early on. Yeah, I definitely agree that like early on, it's hard to ramp up and you got to learn like all these rules. It kind of feels like all at once, right? Like, you know, you just kind of are drinking from a fire hose worth of information. And yeah, it's funny that you say there weren't that many blogs then in a weird sense. Like now that there are so many blogs, it feels even more fire hosey just because there's like so many places where you can get your information. I do think that's the hardest thing to get started in terms of advice that I would have. One thing that I wish... I had kind of understood early on was that when you have all these blogs and social media and everything, there's a lot of pressure to kind of do things a certain way or like, for example, like going to the Maldives is like always aspirational. It's always on like everyone's list, at least if you just only focus on the bloggers. I think what I wish I had known was that there's so many different ways to approach the miles and points game that you kind of have to take it slow and figure out which way works best for you. And there's a lot of different solutions to the problems that are out there in terms of your travel. And a lot of the solutions are going to be regionally based. What works for me doesn't necessarily work for Mark and doesn't work for Sean. You know, we're in three different time zones. So um, that's kind of, you know, the advice that I would give to beginners. 
I do feel like there's a shift happening over the last six months, a year of people being less judgmental about that stuff, I guess. Like more people are looking to cash out. Maybe it's because they're sitting on tons of miles and points now. But with like the Chase UR cash out and stuff, like back in the day, people would be like, what are you crazy? Why would you take cash or gift cards or whatever it is? Points are worth way more. I can fly first class here. I can play and get like eight cents a point or whatever. And I think, you know, Benji's written about it quite a bit on the site of how he's taking a different approach and he focuses more on cash back because that works for his travel patterns better. You know, a lot of stuff he does doesn't work with miles and points, so he needs cash. And I think people have been more understanding that and they've also been like, yeah, I've, I've started to make that change. I've made that switch. I'm focusing more on earning cash back. So that's kind of interesting to see. But back in the day, it was like, oh, you got to get chase this, chase that. Ultimate rewards are the best, and now it's kind of like all over the place. It's good to see. Yeah, I I totally uh, agree with what you guys said. I think one of the biggest challenges people face in the beginning, as you have mentioned, is information overload. And I know that for me, a particular challenge was really understanding kind of the limitations on what I was wanting to do, because there are you're kind of pushing the lines in certain ways. For instance, I remember like in early days buying gift cards in the store and being nervous if like my credit card had a fraud alert or something like that and just acting completely nervous and not being comfortable. And that comes with time, but uh, you know, don't be, you know, just sort of be open-minded to it. Rick in the, uh, the diamond live chat brought up a good point that he learned a lot at meetups early on or, or just period meetups. And I think that's a great point. Not so much from like, the presentations, because if you if you've heard Sean complain about my etiquette at meetups, <laughs> I don't I go don't to complain about your etiquette at meetups. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't like that you don't go to presentations. Yeah, that's he's, what I meant. He's that's just my he's just wondering. He's just wondering why he pays for your ticket and you don't show up to anything. That's all he's wondering. Okay. <laughs> so for the rest of the show, I'm I'm okay with it. I've never really learned well from from presentations type of thing and and that type of thing. So, but you get to meet people and a lot of those people I've met at, at these type of events, it, it turned into friendships either, you know, from the, we have Detroit's like monthly meetup we used to before the, the virus, but I've met people there. I stay in contact. We, we basically chat like every day and we share tips back and forth. I met Derek Dye in Chicago and we stay in contact all the time, stuff like that. Like you make relationships and, and the best stuff is, is shared in smaller groups like that. So that's what you get from meetup. They can be intimidating, especially if you're going by yourself, but tap one of us on the shoulder. Usually we're at most of them or join Facebook groups. And, and usually there's somebody from a Facebook group that you've chatted with in the past that will be there. So I do think that's a great way, especially if you're starting out to get to get to know people and to learn um, some tips and tricks because person to person sharing is the best way to do it. They'll give you more detail. They'll explain things and less, less animosity than there is on Facebook and stuff like that. And then I think the other thing for people to learn credit, because there's so much misinformation about credit out there. So if you'll tell people, oh, I discovered miles and points and I'm going to apply for this credit card, they'll say, oh, that's going to ruin your credit or it's going to ruin your score. And so I recommend people really kind of actually read up on how FICO scores are determined, how credit scores are determined. And then in the early days, pay really, really close attention to your credit, especially now when you have access to credit scores from everywhere and credit monitoring and stuff. Pay really close attention to every move you make, how it affects your score, how holding balances affects your score. And generally, your score is going to go up, but just pay really close attention in the beginning to your credit so that you become even more confident as you start picking up all these other skills in the miles and points space that you can really utilize your credit to the to the fullest extent. Because I know in the beginning, I was very kind of nervous in certain circumstances, so I didn't go kind of as hard as I should have. And I feel like once I kind of got a grip on what, how this was going to affect my credit, then I had a lot less apprehension about doing it. Joe, you got any uh, any tips, anything that you... 
think that people absolutely should know when they're getting started? I think we've covered most of them. I will uh, share some things that uh, people have put in the chat. So Rick also said to read and research and be a sponge. And sorry if I missed some people's stuff. There's like a lot of stuff in here, a lot of great stuff in the Diamond chat, which I totally agree with. I think when we talked about talking to your friends about it, you have to put in the work. And so the reason why we don't talk to some of our friends about it is because they won't put in the work. If you want to get into this, um, you know, you really have to put in the work for sure. And then uh, Megan J also said, don't be afraid of annual fees, which I definitely think is, you know, it might be a 201 level type thing, but I think annual fees often scare people off. But once you start understanding how to get the value out of the cards and those annual fees, of course, you shouldn't have too many like I do, but, but in general, you know, annual fees, you can use them uh, to your advantage. So did you cash out any ultimate rewards yet to make your, um, I'm, Sapphire I'm sorry. Reserve. I'm sorry, the, ra- the, the rain started again. I can't hear you. Uh, <laughs> you just better move on. Your All procrastination right. has not paid off yet. <laughs> no. And before we move on, as Joe said, we do have a, a live chat here. People get to our Diamond members on Patreon get to uh, listen to the show live as we record it. And we thank them so much for being here and for giving us suggestions and ideas in the chat as we go. We do have a few slots, patreon.com forward slash miles to memories. If you're interested, we have a discord, private Facebook and private content every single month that we are putting out for Patreon uh, subscribers. And, you know, as Joe said earlier, he says that there's a lot of blogs these days. I feel like there's a lot less blogs than there used to be and certainly fewer independent kind of bigger blogs like miles to memories. So if you do enjoy our content, please consider supporting us through our links or if you want even more content our patreon if you are interested now let's talk about travel because i know everybody must be like just fantasizing at this point either they're, they've traveled now and they've got a taste for it or now they're just really fantasizing about a place to go but we've been basically locked in for months so joe had the idea let's talk about where we would travel right now if there was no covid19 if there was no virus and not trips that we had planned or anything just like where would we go if we weren't visiting family, if we were just getting out into the world and have some ideas. so Yeah, I've been thinking, that's one of the questions I have. Like, are we going to just kind of, when we get back into travel, are we just going to try to recreate what we missed out on this year? You know, like, I was supposed to have a, a flight to Paris, a day there, and then go to uh, Kiev and, and hit Chernobyl and then Prague. You know, do I recre- try to recreate that? Or or is it like, you feel ashamed if you do? I don't know. It's kind of weird. But a couple of places I've been wanting to go is like uh, the Azores, the, the islands there. They look beautiful on all the pictures and everything. It's kind of a, a pain to get to. So not as many people go there. But it's something that I've always been interested in. And I'm going to mess up the name. Do you guys know like Lofoten? Lofoten? I don't know. The islands. <laughs> well, anyways, L-O-F-O-T-E-N. So they look even more like amazing. I know Joe's big into soccer. This soccer field that's in this island, it's surrounded by water, and it's just like basically the size of a soccer field. Have you ever seen that picture? Pretty. That's pretty stunning. Yeah. That's. Cool. Yeah. That's I, don't, I don't think I'd ever seen this this before, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you it, just Google like Lofoten, Lof, I, I'm totally butchering this, and I apologize. Soccer field, whatever. It, it looks amazing. It's it's something cool. So. Those are two areas that I would want to book and, and probably something I want to do in the next couple years. If I could go anywhere, it'd be one of those two places. How about you, Sean? So I was thinking about this, and I think for me, some of the places that I visited in the past, I know Guatemala has been high on my mind. Uh, we spent, I don't know, about a year. Is, Guatem- a- is Guatemala where the nasty uh, hotel was? Yes. Yes, that's where the nasty hotel was. But <laughs> Hopefully we had an you amazing- up the game this year or this time. 
Uh, we did stay in some nice places. Of course, we were backpacking and budget traveling then. So actually, that's one of the reasons I want to go back to kind of experience it in a different way. And we spent almost two months uh, backpacking around Guatemala. So we pretty much hit every major area of the country. So I'd like to visit at least some of those places. So that's kind of high on my list. And I feel like it's an easy enough place to get to that when I have an opportunity, we'll probably jump down there. I don't know. I, I've just been feeling nostalgic for some uh, amusement parks like overseas, like like Europa Park in Germany and some other ones that I haven't been to that I would like to, to get to because I really do love amusement parks, as <laughs> anybody who listens knows. So I was thinking about that. And I really think Central America, Guatemala, I'm feeling that the food, the people are there are so friendly. And I want to go back and see some of the stunning volcanoes and lakes and st- stuff that we saw when we were backpacking. What about you, Joe? I was thinking about it. I do really want to go back to Japan. I just like uh, our last trip there. I mean, I've been there twice, but it's just a country that always feels like leaves me wanting more. And there's like so much to explore. I think I talked about this here once, but there are those luxury trains in Japan, which I don't know if you can book with miles and points, but I would love to do something like that um, with my whole family. And so, you know, in terms of traveling with the family, I was really thinking about going back to Japan. Actually, and I guess to your point, Mark, we were scheduled to go to Japan before first American Airlines uh, decided to, you know, do me and then COVID. <laughs> and then COVID. Uh, Just think you, like all the people that got shut down were like a month away from them being completely not paying attention to it at all, you know? Yeah, no, I, I never think about that, Mark. Thanks. <laughs> you were shut down by American Airlines? Yeah. Um, And then the other thing is uh, my wife and I celebrated our 11-year anniversary this past weekend with a 10-minute walk alone. That's all we could do. And so, you know, that got us thinking once this is all over, we'd like to travel on our own again, uh, especially before my parents get older. And we were talking about uh, when we had our daughter, our first daughter, when she was one year old, we uh, are one year old, we went to Bora Bora for like a week. And I would not mind going back there. So, you know, between Bora Bora and Japan, I feel like I've got uh, a lot of aspirational ideas for where I would go if both in the same trip, man. There you go. Both in the same. Yeah, maybe. Well, I I will. I want the kids to come to Japan because when we went, we went without them and I think they would really enjoy it there. Um, But, you know, Bora Bora, actually they'd probably enjoy Bora Bora too. I don't know. Maybe bring my parents along and then, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's what we had. It was, they can, Two of the three of them can swim now, so you know only have to worry about one drowning. You know maybe we should do that. Joe, you made a good point though about having alone time. Like I, for Jasmine and I, like in the last few weeks, we've been going to the grocery store, or to Costco or something. That's our time out. And then Ellie stays with with uh, Sean Reese, our son. We were out one time. I was like, oh, this is kind of nice to be out just the two of us, even though it's only uh, grocery shopping. But I totally get that. I think a lot of uh, emphasis needs to be put on, you know, that kind of travel with parents, kind of getting that time away when we can, when things get back to, to normal. We were having uh, dinner the other night, and the kids sat at the table, and me and my wife sat up at the bar because we had like some stuff. We were moving stuff around, so we had stuff on the table, and all of us couldn't sit. So we're like across the room, and my wife's like, this kind of feels like a date. <laughs> so even just sitting in a different room and yeah. eating dinner in a separate area, there you go. No, yeah. No, I mean, that's a good call. I, I know this, we're totally off topic now, but... Uh... Yeah, like sometimes you have the kids eat first and then let them go play and then you can like sit with your spouse for a little while. Like, uh, you know, that kind of stuff matters right now. And Megan in the chat, she asked, do you foresee any changes in your travel style? I feel after all of this, like I'm not going to take travel for granted and I'll take longer trips to my top wish destinations instead of trying to go to a bunch of places for a short period of time. So is there more urgency for you guys to get to places that you had wanted to go when you're able to go back out and travel? 
I do. I do wonder if I'm going to be like more inclined not to go back to places just because you're not taking travel for granted as much. Like I was always, you know, oh, you know, I can go here. I can go to Vegas for this weekend and then, I'll, you know, I'll go where I haven't been before next time. So I do wonder, like, if it, subconsciously, if I'll if I'll stop going back to places as much because you might have that fear that at any point you could lose travel again, you know. So I think that will play a role for sure in decision making. Yeah. And I think for me, I'm not sure if it'll change the way I travel, but I, I think it has changed my attitude towards it. And like you said, Sean, not taking it for granted, you know, like this trip that we're taking right now, you know, we just rented a house and we're just going to sit around and pretty much do nothing for a week. Like the most exciting thing we might do is to go to Walmart and not to go to any money center. It's just to buy ice cream. But you know, I like it's, I'm, having a blast and it's just because we haven't been able to travel for so long so you know i think it just reminds me that you know travel in the end isn't necessarily about the destination or even about the trip but it's you know who you're doing it with and uh, i think we've said it multiple times since uh, covid19 started but you know i'm really appreciating this time that we have with the kids while they're young and to be able to travel with them to be somewhere different besides our own house uh is invaluable and so you know i'm just gonna try to remember that uh when our long worldwide nightmare is finally over and one other thing we've talked like in earlier episodes before all of this of like a travel addiction and where is the line between the you know the, the healthy line for us people like us who like to travel a lot and i think for a lot of people i know for me it's allowed me to kind of this situation's allowed me to kind of reset figure out my priorities and maybe set up my life to be a little bit healthier when in relation to travel and home life and stuff like that so i think it's a good kind of thing to happen. And I do think I'll be traveling differently. Like I said, I'm getting nostalgic for places I've been. So kind of maybe the opposite of Mark, I might actually be more apt to to revisit places that I hadn't been in a long time uh, in doing it. But I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to travel whenever I can, but I'm in no rush right now, given everything going on. And man, I'm just hoping that each month that comes doesn't make things worse. Do you think this also like play along with that? Do you think it changes your view on miles and points? Like, are you willing to you know, since we've been ca- some of us have been cashing them out and stuff, and, and and using them more as a currency, like a cash value currency, does it kind of change your your thought process on earning them and what you're going for and your focus, I guess, on on why you're doing certain things? I think so because I think I'd already started that a little bit because I was focusing more on uh, flexible currencies anywhere currencies I could cash out anyway because I wanted to do a Disney cruise coming up and to pay for Disney stuff. So I really did focus a lot of the shift there, um, but I do still stay in a lot of Hyatts or I plan to. So I think, yeah, it's a it's a mixture, but I am willing to to kind of look closer at cashing out points, I guess, like Ultimate Rewards, something that I never would do before. I am willing to do that if it makes sense, and especially as I am able to earn them as they come out with various promotions and allow me to kind of earn more points. So yeah, I think so. I think that we need to be prudent with that, and if we're not traveling and using them, you know, what are we saving them for when we can continue to earn them going forward? So I think you have to have that honest conversation. All right, well, let's finish it off with some rapid fires. Mark, you want to start us off? Yeah, so the first one I, um, is a, a buddy, Tim, which I met him from de- hosting the Detroit meetup. So there it is, you know, 
saying it again, meetups, you meet people, you stay in contact all the time. So good buddy. He had to fly home to Amsterdam for a family emergency. So he was uh, kind enough to share his experience flying internationally because not a lot of people are doing that. You know, most places are closed to uh, U.S. citizens and stuff. So he shared his experience, uh, took some pictures of, you know, the airport here and the airport in uh, Amsterdam, as well as like, you know, what type of protocols they had to go through and and that type of thing. And it was interesting on the, the flight back, there was, he had to go through basically like four different verifications, normal border patrol, then a meeting with the CDC people, and then back to border patrol. And then after he got luggage, he had to do border patrol again. And basically, I don't know if they're trying to catch people in lies or what, but they're focusing on wh- why you left and, and stuff like that. So interesting stuff. I know everybody's, uh, and, and then he also talked about his flight experience, condensed service, not as much flight attendants walking around. If you want stuff, you have to go to the galley and stuff. So I thought it was really interesting to get that perspective. And, and I know some people have some flights booked in the fall that they're hoping to still keep. So if they do open up areas, I think it's going to be a similar experience. So definitely check it out. Um, and thanks again to Tim for, for allowing us to, to share his experience. How about you, Joe? Yeah, mine is a quick one. When this releases, it'll be July, which means if you are an Amex Business Platinum holder, your Dell credits have reset. And a reminder, it's $200, not $100 as it was originally going to be thanks to COVID. Just a reminder to get it done early so that you don't have to worry about it. And of course, your wireless and streaming and shipping. And so all of your Amex Platinum credits have reset and um, I'm sure on other cards as well. So, you know, get those done early. Don't be a procrastinator like me. Get it out of the way. What about you, Sean? Mine is just a little Vegas rumor, kind of a juicy rumor. Um, we'll see if it turns out to be true. But I covered on the site that Luxor Las Vegas may be on the chopping block and perhaps even Excalibur. And uh, they might be just torn down and who knows. But uh, I've always, I doubt it'll happen. But would you guys like to see him go? I've always had a soft spot for Luxor. I don't know why. Excalibur is, needs to go. But um, that's actually the first place I stayed in Vegas because we did uh, – a blue green resort timeshare presentation thing when we were when we first got married and that's where they put us up and that was before they even did the where they remodeled all the rooms and stuff so it was really it was like circa 1980s holiday inn rooms but i i don't know why i've always had a soft spot for luxor even though it always seems dead in there so isn't it it's only like 20 30 years old so it doesn't seem like it, they should be tearing it down yeah it was built in 1993 and I was actually, I remember being there opening week and the Treasure Island was actually opening a couple weeks later. So they had rushed the opening of it to make sure that they opened before Treasure Island. And so there was landscaping still not done everywhere. And they basically like rushed to build it. And there's some rumors that the, the quality of the construction isn't great, that the building is sinking. We know that land right there has been problematic for years. So that could be a possibility. But yeah, I mean... It, if you look at it, what it was when it opened with all the Egyptian theming and the boat ride and all kinds of stuff, it was really kind of a cool place that was born out of that 1990s Vegas family vibe thing that they were trying to go for. And that's all long gone. But I, I do I do think it's iconic. I love to see the building. Um, I think. Yeah, the, just the light shooting up from the top. Like think of um, the, all the pictures of Vegas. And if that was gone, like the pyramid and then the light, yeah, it wouldn't seem and, right. And they just added new LEDs to the outside in the last year or so. So the big light on the top is still the same, but the the lights going up the corners of the building are LED and they change color and stuff. So you know it's it's iconic. The elevators, uh, what I forget what they call them, 
the that go up at an angle are kind of cool in the main pyramid building if you've never been in there. Travelators uh, or something. Travelators, like that, yeah, I think that might be what it is. Yeah, they're, they're really cool because they go up at an angle, and it used to be they had that capacity, you know, restricted. You had to show a hotel card, but not, not anymore at Luxor. So anybody can go up there if you're there, and worth doing that. I will say that on our Miles to Memories YouTube channel, all this week I'll have videos of uh, tours of the Las Vegas Strip, different casinos, what they're looking like now. Um, I have one going today, the day we're recording, of Win Las Vegas and Sahara. And, you know, through the week I'll have more. So youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. If you want to see what's going on on the Las Vegas Strip right now in COVID where masks are required, just to kind of see what the vibe is, check out uh, our YouTube channel for that. And uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Joe, uh, where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? You can find me writing tinyletter.com slash as a Joe flies podcasting about miles and points. They have observation deck.com just released something with uh, Traeger from travel Zork about Vegas. So uh, on brand there, I guess Vegas is like the hot topic right now. And then uh, podcasting about Disney world, Disney What about you, Mark? You can follow me on Twitter, McCosty 1038, uh, email me, Mark at miles to memories, uh, comment on any of the articles on miles to memories.com. I'll get back to you there. Or join one of our Facebook groups. I'm in there all the time. How about you, Sean? Um, yeah, milestomemories.com for all of our great content. Disneyhacks.com for our Disney podcast. And I will say, Joe, Vegas has changed significantly in the last couple of weeks. So hopefully people will check out our content for the latest stuff. Because just week to week, everything is changing on the Strip. Yeah, so check that out. YouTube.com forward slash milestomemories. Please like our videos. Subscribe. Help us reach more people. And for this podcast, mtmpodcast.com. So thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. It's Hamilton gonna, on Friday. It's going to be July. No, uh, Hamilton on Friday. That's what's important. Oh, right. good. I need a good nap, so. Oh, my God. Boo. <laughs>